have a handout. We'll get started. We've got a little, our little study this evening, and then we'll have our business meeting. So let's just get started um, with it. Prepare the way. You know, it seems like um, when I start studying on a passage of Scripture and then I get another passage going for Sunday evening, it seems like sometimes they just tie together. And it's like that's what, <clears throat> that's what happened with this one. And so it just kind of goes with if you were here this morning, and I hope that all of you were, and uh, I expect that you all were, then, then you'll be able to pull some things out of this morning, and we'll put them in with this this evening. So this evening, I'd like to expand on the message from this morning. And then I said the word this evening, Patty said uh, this morning that I made the reference to, uh, Terry's going to pray for us this evening. It was still 1140, so it wasn't evening. So I make that mistake a lot of times, but anyhow, so this is this evening, all right? So this evening, we're going to look at the title of the message this morning was Pray, Preparing for the Harvest. And then I told um, Brother Myron to correct me on that farming thing to make sure, you know, when I explained it, he did check me on one thing. He said, you left out the very first part. And I said, what was that? He said, finances. <laughs> so you got to get the finances before you start planting the seed or preparing the, the property. But anyhow, this morning we discussed the importance of being a faithful worker for Jesus Christ. And that was one of the things I wanted to bring out this morning and this evening is those two words, faithful worker. Obedient servant goes with that as well, but faithful worker is what we're looking for, and that's what we want to be. We want to be faithful to what God wants us to do, and we want to be a worker. We don't sit idle. We want to make sure that we're active. We want to make sure that we're serving, and that was part of the things we talked about this morning as far as planting the seed, getting ready to go, okay? So faithful worker, I want you to, to highlight those two words or write them down, but we're going to talk about a couple of things that go with that, all right? So we talked about it. We emphasize the importance of telling people about Jesus. That was one of the things that I charged out this morning is that's important. It was important in 2023, but it's, it's our mission. It's what we want to do. Go, therefore, and make disciples, but we want to make sure that we emphasize the importance to other people about telling people about Jesus Christ. We looked at the importance of preparing for the harvest. You know, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The workers are those faithful workers that are willing to get out into the field and to work, okay? And the harvest is great, but the workers are few. We looked at a detailed principles <clears throat> that go into the preparation of planting the soil, and I put those on your handout. These are some things that I consider to be detailed principles for planting and harvesting, all right? I use the analogy of a farmer. But it's also the analogy of a Christian, all right? And so we want to to put it together that way, principles that go into preparation of planting the seed. We want to cultivate the seed. Once we plant the seed, we have to cultivate it. Cultivate means we have to care for it. We got to get the weeds out, okay? We got to take care of it. We got to plant the seed. We got to help the seed grow. That means nutrition. That means nourishment. You know, if you got a plant that you're planting, you're watering it. You're caring for it. You're hoeing the weeds around it, or you're spraying, you know, seven dust on it so the bugs don't get to it. Where when the Christian ministry, <clears throat> we're taking care of these new converts, these new believers, but we're helping them to grow. We're teaching them. We're sharing with them. We're doing small group Bible studies. We're doing Sunday school classes. We're doing studies with scripture in the evening, but that's all part of nurturing and helping the seed to grow and then harvesting the results of all the labor that has been put into the growing process. It starts in January for the farmers and it starts, excuse me, it starts coming together in, in the early fall, and then they start harvesting the crops, and there's a big rush to get all the crops in, and because of all the, 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 the harvest is so great, you want to make sure you don't miss out on any of it, you don't want to lose any of it, 
All right? And so, so that all comes together in the fall. Now, in our study this evening, we're going to look at the life of a faithful worker. And that's what I'm talking about when we talk about faithful workers. Here's what I want to, you know, when, when, when we step in front of the Lord, you know, when we step in front of the Lord, when he calls us home, those words that we want to hear is what? Well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into the house of your master. Well done. And what was well done consist of? Not, not overcooking it, all right? Well done means what? That we were faithful in what he's called us to do. We were a faithful servant. We were a faithful worker. We did what he called us to do, okay? So let's look at that this evening. <clears throat> In our studies, you know, we're going <clears> to <throat> look at the life of a faithful worker who dedicated his ministry to doing the will of God. So let's look at that long passage of Scripture, and I'm going to read it at verses, uh, Matthew 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness in Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. All right? Let me stop right there just for a second, and then I'll continue on. But listen to that word, or look at that phrase, Make his path straight. What does that mean? It means take all the curves out. It means takes all of the distractions out. It means takes all the obstacles out. Make his path straight. All right? That's what he's talking about here. All right? Now, John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. I mean, you can stop right there for just a second and look. John the Baptist was a what? A weird guy, right? Huh? He's kind of weird. And I'm not talking weird in a bad way, but he's odd if you want to look at it that way. A camel hair garment, leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. All right? So then people from Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him. So, so back, hold it right there. So it says, then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea and, 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 how, and all the vicinity or going out to see him. It means all the people were going out to see him, all right? Now, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins, which means they were repenting, all right? When he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. And you think about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were in competition with each other other than the fact that they both wanted to get rid of Jesus, all right? That's the only time that they come together in, 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 this, in, in the Bible Scripture. Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. All right? Another single word, uh, line that you want to pay close attention to. What's John, or what's he saying? Produce uh, fruit consistent with repentance. You've got to see it. All right? Now, when, when Jesus Christ comes into a person's life, what do we talk about happens to that person? What happened to the Samaritan woman this morning? She was changed, all right? So fruit produced from repentance. You look at her life. Her life was different after the fact. She went away uh, happy. She went away, come and see what this man said about me. He knew everything that I had ever done. Come and see this man. He must be the Messiah. She was a changed person. There was fruit in her life from that moment on, all right? Verse 9, and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that God is able to raise up children from Abraham from these stones. All right? Now, here's, a, here's one that's important. So look at this. 
because you may or may not understand. I'm going to try to emphasize what this means here. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. Now, verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with fire that, that never goes out. That's a long passage of Scripture here. And it's full of information. All right? <clears throat> so let's talk about <clears throat> John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. All right? We know that. From our previous studies, we know he was the forerunner of Jesus. We know that he was approximately six months older than Jesus. All right? Because of, of, of Mary visiting Jesus, Mary visiting Elizabeth, and it was in the sixth month of her pregnancy, and we know that Mary had just been uh, consulted by Gabriel, so we think he's roughly six months older. So you could also say John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. Would you not say that? Was he his cousin? All right, Mary and, and Elizabeth were cousins, so was he second, third, or fourth? I don't know, but anyhow, I don't know where they were in the line. But we could say he was probably, he was cousins with Jesus, all right? We know that he was born, let's talk about John the Baptist now. We know that he was born to a mother who was advanced in age. We know that, that Elizabeth was well into her age. Uh, she was barren before her pregnancy with John. We know that John recognized Mary's voice as being the mother of Jesus by his actions that took place in his mother's womb before he was born. These are all things that we know about John, all right? And we know he was a, an odd character too, but we, these are all things we know about him, all right? The Bible does not give us any encounters between John and Jesus growing up, all right? Now, we, we, two weeks ago, we, did, we talked about Jesus as a 12-year-old young boy, all right? But, but when we look in Scripture, we don't see any encounters between John and Jesus growing up together. But then again, we only see one with Jesus, all right? And until this particular time, so we don't see any of them growing up. The first encounter that we see between these two occurs when Jesus presents himself to John at the Jordan River to be baptized. Now, John may have seen him before that, but there's encounters, what we're talking about. The first time that they encountered each other is at the Jordan. Now, Based on what you know about familiar, uh, faithful workers, based on everything that we've talked about on faithful workers and what a faithful, obedient servant is, let's look at this. Would you say that John the Baptist was a faithful worker? Without a doubt. He was a faithful worker. So is he a model for us to follow as far as a faithful worker? Don't need to be dressing in camel skin clothes and stuff like that. And I'm not going to eat no locusts. I might try the honey. Okay, but I ain't eating no locusts. But the thing is, that he would be a good example from, from his faithfulness and his faithful service. All right, so you'd say that. Do you think that John checked all the boxes that go along with being a faithful servant? Pretty much, all right. Was he preparing the way? Yeah, he was preparing the way. All right, was he planting the seed? All right, was he cultivating the seed? Was he helping the seed to grow? Man, you just see that, right? 
all the things that we talked about that we need to be doing, you see that that's exactly what he was doing. Without a question, John was a faithful worker. So, so look at this. Then we move on. All right, so you just think about this. Some 30 years have taken place since the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem to this particular event that we're talking about in, in, in this passage. Some 30 years. Because we know that Jesus' ministry began as soon as he was baptized, and we know that he was roughly 30 years old when he began his ministry. So we know that this is how much time had taken place between these two events, all right? Now, <clears throat> from different viewpoints, when you look at the, the Gospels, all right, from different viewpoints, each of the gospel gives us a detailed explanation about the birth of Jesus, some more detailed than others, all right? <clears throat> but And some of the events that took place following his birth. Now, that all, may not all be vivid on his birth, but some of them talk about his birth. Some talk about the events that take place after his birth. Some talk about those events all coming together. And even an event that took place when he was 12 years old, which is the one we discussed a couple weeks ago. Now, our passage this evening leads us to the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, where he's at the Jordan River, all right? We know that he's roughly 30 years old, and we know that if he get his ministry, which was going to last how long? So roughly how long was Jesus' ministry? <clears throat> around three years, okay, give or take a little bit. <clears throat> All right, when he began his ministry, it lasted around three years. Now, if you summed up the life and ministry of John the Baptist, in, in, and it would consist of what I look at, ten words. And I've shared these with you before. Now, and I may have put these on there, and I did. All right, look at these ten words. Prepare the way, and then what? Get out of the way. That's our life. That's our ministry life. Prepare the way. Plant the seeds. And then not to be abrupt about it, but move out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Because God didn't charge us to save anybody because we can't save anybody. We can't save any lost soul. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can do that. All we're charged with is to share the gospel, to lead people to Jesus, to nurture them, to, to help them to grow in a relationship with him and then move out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Prepare the way and then get out of the way. <clears throat> All right? Think about our Christian ministry. We are to share the gospel with people who need to hear it. We talked about that this morning. And then we're to move out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work in their lives. Now, we have to stay involved in their lives. We have to help them grow. We have to help them with their relationship with Christ. We have to help them as new believers to become disciples. All right, and then to move them from where they are to where? Where Jesus wants them to go. I've been telling you all that for two years. God, when he comes into our life, he does what? He moves us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Amen? Oh, yes, he does. All right, so let's look on a little bit further. And we look at this. For over 400 years, all right, the nation had not heard the voice of a prophet. All right? So God had been silent for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The nation had not heard the voice of a prophet. Nobody talking about anything. And then here you have John the Baptist coming here quoting Isaiah, you know, quoting Scripture about these things. John appeared, uh, and a great revival took place. So here's four important facts about John, and I'll put these on your, on your paper as well. All right? His message was the first one. That was one of the important facts. And his message was that of what? Starts with an R. Repentance. That was his message. Repent. All right? So that was his message. First thing. Second thing was his authority. Where does authority come from? From God. It came from heaven, from God. All right? His baptism. What was he baptizing with? 
water. All right? And in his obedience, his will of God in his ministry, his obedience to, to doing what God had sent him there to do. That was his total mission. Here's what you think about it. Jesus Christ came here for one person, or one purpose, and that was to do the will of the Father. He told us that this morning, that, that he had food to eat that they didn't know about. And his food that provided nourishment was to do the will of the Father. You look at John the Baptist, same way. Do you see anything in Scripture that says John the Baptist did anything other than what Jesus sent him here to do? No. He did everything that God had put him here to do. He was the forerunner, frontrunner of Jesus Christ, and he served as a faithful servant. All right? Now, John's preaching centered on repentance and the kingdom of heaven. He said it was at hand. Now, look at this. The word repent means to change one's mind, not just to change it, but to what? To act on it. All right? I put that in your paper, didn't I? Yeah, all right? It, it doesn't mean just to change your mind. It means to act on it. So, so you go back to the Scripture. John says that you've got to see the fruits of repentance, right? So it means to change your mind, but then to act on it, all right? And that's what repent means, all right? John was not satisfied with regret or remorse. He wanted to see the fruits bent for repentance, all right? There had to be evidence of a changed mind and a changed life, all right? All kinds of people came to hear John. It says in Scripture, all the vicinity, all of Judea, they all came to hear him. Pharisees and Sadducees, they all came to hear him. But did all of them uh, come to know Jesus Christ? No. When we share the gospel with a lost and dying world, is everybody we talk to going to come to know Jesus Christ? What does it say? Narrow is the way and few is going to find it. Broad is the way and many will travel it. Amen. All right, so you think about it. Don't be hesitant to share the gospel. We talked about this morning. Don't be hesitant just because they're probably not going to accept it. Well, they may not. All right, but that's not our that's not our job. All right, they many people came to watch his baptismal services because many people were getting baptized. All right, the lives of many people were changed while others were not. Think about this fact: everybody who heard the message of John the Baptist preach was not changed as a believer. All right, even though John preached with authority from God, John preached with authority from heaven. His message was that of repentance, but it came from heaven. But everybody still did not accept it. You know, it's no different than Jesus. Jesus was speaking, and, and not everybody accepted it, all right? He had a strong message, and there were still many people who didn't accept it. The uh, religious leaders refused to submit to the teachings of John. They thought that uh, they were good enough to get into heaven. And what did John refer to them as? Vipers, you brood of vipers. What is that? What's a viper? A snake. You're a bunch of snakes, snakes in the grass. Is that what slithering people are? You know, you, you, he just flat out called them a brood of vipers, which basically a bunch of snakes in the grass, all right? Listen to this, and I just wrote myself a note. I said, Brother Kerry, I'm talking to myself here. <laughs> I want to make sure I know who I'm talking to, right? All right? So, y'all don't do that, I know. I don't share the gospel because nobody responds to what I'm telling them. Man, I don't want to share the gospel because nobody listens to me. Nobody responds to me. You know, that's just a statement. I've heard that. All right. Broad is the way. All right. Remember that. All right. John's message was one of judgment. All right. Well, we're not supposed to judge people. Well, look here. John is not the one judging people. He's not the one judging people. All right. Who's judging people in this passage? 
God the Father, not his judgment on people. God's judgment is because of disobedience. If you look into history, Israel had sinned and needed to repent. All right? So this is God's judgment. And their religious leaders had been, should have been the ones to lead the way. You look at verse 10. This is where that, that verse one comes. We'll go back to verse 10. The axe is already at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into fire. Now, if the nation had repented and the nation had changed and repented, then the way would be prepared for the coming of the Messiah. Then it would have been a straight path. All right? wouldn't have been crooked. The Jews baptized Gentile converts, but John was baptizing the Jews. His baptism was authority, uh, authorized from heaven, and it was not something that he devised on his own. It's not something he borrowed from somebody else. It came straight from heaven that he was to baptize with authority of, of the Father and, and baptize with water. Now, it was a baptism of repentance looking forward to the Messiah's coming. So let's look at uh, Acts 19.7. All right, we're going back to going over to what... Uh, Luke writes in Acts for us. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, they told him. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Into then what were you baptizing? We're talking about John the Baptist, his disciples, all right? Into what were you baptized? He asked him. Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. Now, there were about 12 men in all. Now, John's baptism fulfilled two purposes. Now, when he baptized, the, the reason he was baptizing, it fulfills two purposes. And I put those on your thing. One, it prepared the nation for Christ, and it prepared Christ, to, it presented Christ to the nation. That was the two purposes. He was the front runner. He was telling people that, that the one coming after me is the one who's important. You know, John's, John's statement was he never told them his name when they asked him who he was. He never said, I'm John. He never said that. He never said, it's basically what he was saying is, you don't need to know my name because I'm not important. The message he was carrying was what was important, but the one to follow me is the one that is important. All right? He prepared the nation for Christ and he presented Christ to the nation. Now, the baptism of the Spirit came at Pentecost, all right? Today, when someone places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he or she is born again and immediately baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, which is the body of the church. Now, look at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 and 13. For just as the body has one, is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, and whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. All right? So we're all under one Holy Spirit, one God, baptized together as the church. Now, 
Jesus was not baptized because he was a repentant sinner. That's where a lot of people get misunderstanding. It's like, you know, I, I accept Jesus Christ and I'm baptized. That is not why Jesus was baptized, all right? There's completely difference here. Even John tried to stop him when Jesus Christ presented himself to him because John was preaching a baptism of repentance. But yet Jesus comes up and said, right, I want to be baptized. But yet he's been preaching about repentance and Jesus didn't need to repent of anything. All right, so he tried to stop him. All right, so so why was Jesus baptized? And I put these on there. All right, first, he was he was his baptism gave approval to John's ministry. It supported the, what John had been doing the whole time. It supported the authority that he had been given from heaven. It supported his ministry. Second, he identified himself with all people, the people he come to save. You know, we talk about Jesus walking every step that we walk. Everything that we do, with exception of sin, he did. He took on everything, every turmoil, every temptation, every trial, everything that we can endure, he did. Everything but sin, okay? He walked every step of the way because he came for all people. Not just the rich and famous, but he came for all people. All right, Matthew twenty twenty two says this. Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? Now, this is where, where, where two of his disciples are saying, hey, we want to sit the right and left of you, and, and, and you don't know what I'm about to do. So let's look a little bit further, all right? God was going to pour his entire wrath down on Jesus while he was on the cross for the sole purpose of covering the sins of the world. Look at Luke 12, 15. But I have a baptism to undergo and how it consumes me until it's finished. So Jesus is referring to baptism as, as going to the cross at the same time. And that's why when we, we talk about his baptism symbolizing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism represents. That's why it connects to the cross on this exact same thing, all right? It, 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 it says Jesus is referring to the suffering and death on the cross. Go back to... Uh, Okay, I already read that one, didn't I? All right. Jesus referred to his suffering and death on the cross, which is pictured in the baptism here. Look at John one twenty nine. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So right in that passage of Scripture, John refers to Jesus in two different ways. What are they? He refers to him in two different ways. One is the Lamb of God. The other one is what? Okay, maybe I'll. Okay, the Son of God is what I wrote down. I mean, I just the way I look at it. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Look, the Lamb of God, all right, who takes away the sins of the world." So John the Baptist witnessed Jesus Christ as the Son of God because he knew what he was there for, the Lamb of God, all right, and the Son of God, and he also referred to him as the the Son of God, all right. Now maybe that was a little confusing, but that's the way I looked at it when I read it. So. Because John's witness, many sinners trusted in Jesus Christ. Now let's look at John 10, 40 and 42. So he departed again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing earlier, and he remained there. Many came to him and said, John never did a sign, but everything John said about this man was true, and many believed in him. All right? As a result of Jesus Christ, as a result of John's ministry, many people came to know Jesus Christ, all right? So was he a faithful worker? Yes, he was, all right? Look at those very last things that I, I left for you on the, in the bottom there, all right? 
the results of a faithful worker is people coming to know the Lord. That is the harvest. Amen? All right? So that's the harvest. Now, it's people growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's ultimately fulfilling the will of God in each of our lives. All right? Questions? Do we get anything out of that? All right. So let me close that with prayer. And then we'll go into our, our business meeting. Father God, just thank you for this day. Thank you for the, the study in your word. God, just thank you for opening up your word to us. God, just thank you for the ministry of a faithful worker. God, John the Baptist is an example of a faithful worker. But God, just pray for, for our uh, church congregation, for our members and non-members of Pine Hill. God, just pray that we would be faithful workers in the upcoming year. And God, that you would find us faithful and that you would, we would, you would be glorified in everything that we say and we do. God, just pray for our time that we move into our, our business meeting. God, just pray that you would be among us and that everything we say and do, God, would be pleasing to you in accordance to your word. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.